0: Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Canadian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I am a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, Clarity and energy, so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol free. So, tune in for some fun, and if you're ready to shine, welcome. Because you are listening today, I want to go ahead and give you a free gift. It is my six step blueprint to living alcohol free. It is a tool for you to have, so you don't have to go to AA. Just go ahead and follow the guidelines there. It's what I used to help me through my sobriety journey. Go ahead and text the word GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, at one 649 6196 Again, that's one 649 6196 I also want to give a shout out to Feedspot. They actually put out an article of 50 Best Women's Sobriety Podcasts, and yours truly was in there. I want to thank you all for just being so supportive and listening. And I can't be doing this without you. (laughs) So make sure you check them out. I will go ahead and leave their link in the show notes. I hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Shine Within podcast. I have here Valerie Mascom. She is a nationally qualified NPC figure bodybuilder competitor. Alongside her physical achievement achievements, she's channeled her experiences into becoming a high performance life coach, public speaker, and an author of the book Maximizing Life. Today, at the age of 51, which she looked absolutely gorgeous, by the way, like 31. <laughs> She is proud to say that she is in the best shape of her life and is a firm believer that age is just a number. By breaking free from limiting beliefs and embracing her inner superhero, she shares the potential to create the life we were all meant to have. Thank you so much for joining today.
1: Oh, thank you for having me on.
0: Of course. And I would just love to hear about a little bit about your background and how you got into bodybuilding. First off, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay.
1: okay. So how I got into bodybuilding. So when I was younger, I was a gymnast and I I started gymnastics young, I mean, old for most, I was like 12, you know, you're kind of past your prime, but I loved it so much. And I was in gymnastics. I was like 18 and, um, just loved everything about fitness. And I would watch the girls that competed in fitness competitions. And we used to have posters. So we would put magazines and put posters on our wall. And I would have several of the, um, competitors and just always thought, Oh, that's just so cool. Maybe one day I could do something like that. And then I got married. So at 18, um, I got pregnant, married at 19 and life started. So, that kind of was off the you know table for me doing that. And after my second divorce at four, I was 44 years old after my second divorce, I, ha- I had just so lost myself through the years that I had to, you know, figure out a hobby. And I had a life coach and she's like, what are your hobbies? And I'm like, I don't really know what a hobby means. So I mean, like, what are you talking about? And, you know, you know, like something that you do for yourself, something that's kind of, you know, could be an outlet, just something that's for you. And I had to start thinking about that and I wasn't sure. So I started running and I ran, a, I ran a full marathon in Houston and that wasn't for me, but I started out doing it. So I was going to, I was going to finish at least do one full marathon. Then I was done. Okay. This running was not for me because I never got the runner's high. I don't understand it. People get it. I never experienced that. So that just wasn't my thing. And then I tried tennis and I'm like, okay, that wasn't for me because the balls kept going over the fence and people were like, we don't want to play with her. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> And I had a girlfriend that was, wanted to go to coffee and she's like, Hey, I'm going to do this bikini competition. And I'm thinking like, okay, where at like, you know, are you at some club doing a bikini competition? What are you talking about? We're 45 years old, you know? <laughs> and she's like, no, like you, you compete and you, you know, you work out and she's explaining everything that I've had wanted to do. And I'm like, well, they have that for our age. <laughs> cause I thought, you know, that's the younger ladies. Right. And, um, cause at that time I would have been 46 years old competing the first time and, And she's like, yeah, they do. And so um, I was like, okay. And I was listening to her and I went home and signed up, not really knowing what I was doing. And long story short, like a week or two later, she texted me and she backed out because she had a bunch of um, traveling coming up with her husband. So I had to make the decision. Do I want to do this alone or not? You know, just coming out of a divorce and all that mess was a little, um, I had zero self-confidence. I had zero, um, I had zero anything at that point in my life, in coming out, you know, from panic attacks and just really trying to figure my life out. But I decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. And so it be, ended up becoming my therapy. My first show was, a, I would have said a disaster, except for how it ended, and I can share that if you want me to. But it was, um, it was definitely. So I had to drive to Dallas. I live in Houston, so, uh, the Houston area, so I had to drive to Dallas for my first show by myself. You know, no coach, no team. I was just by myself, solo, doing everything the cheapest way you could do it, you know, because I didn't have the finances for all of the things that need to go into it. And so I get there and I go on stage the first time. And oh, my goodness, I didn't have a coach there. We came in on the opposite side of the stage that I thought we were coming in on. I didn't know which way to turn. I'm looking at all these people. I don't know. There was hundreds of people out there because it also had like strongman going on. There's all other events going on. So it's so many people out there watching and I was shaking and I was like, okay, I didn't know where to turn and I turned the wrong way. And I mean, I'm just thinking in my head, what are you doing? Like, this is a disaster. You just completely bombed your 10 seconds out here. You don't even know what you're doing. And I had two more rounds to go on of two other categories, but in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I just, I could just like walk off stage and go back to my hotel room and go home and just be like, this was not for me. Right. Cause it was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> and so, but the lady grabbed me just in time. Cause I was wanting just to go to my room and, and turn me back around to go again. I was like, okay, Valerie, breathe. You can do this. I'm trying to talk to myself in my head. Okay, you can do this. You could just, mind you, I'm already going here with zero self-confidence. And what I just did on stage, now I'm like negative, whatever I could be in any kind of self-confidence. Like I I was just like feeling, I just wanted to cry. I was like, this is horrible. But I did it the second time. And it was a little bit better. I wasn't shaking as bad. And I, I went to, I actually went to the right spot that time. So at least I was standing in the right spot on the stage. I was like, okay, I can do it one more time. You know, I did it and it's kind of like relaxing. My nerves were coming down. So the last time I wasn't shaking and I did my routine and I was like, okay, now I get to go back to my hotel room and rest because you come back at nighttime for the, for the awards. And so I'm like, I was thinking, well, should I go back or not? Because I know I got last place and they only award, like, I think the top three places and I was like, okay, I'm going to be, a, I'm going to be a sport. And I went down for the wards. And of course, I think first and the first time around the second time around, I'm pretty sure I got like 14th out of 14th. Like I got last place and totally expected that because I literally didn't do one thing right. And the third time I went around, I got first place. Wow! And that was just something looking back that showed me that, okay, just because Something's hard or something doesn't feel comfortable doesn't mean that it's not right doesn't mean you can't do it doesn't mean you can't learn it doesn't mean you can't, you know, you, it doesn't mean that it's wrong for you, you know, maybe like I didn't have any self confidence and I really didn't know what I was doing but I'm really glad that I had got that first place because I can tell you right now I would have never competed again, ever and competing has been my therapy.
0: Yes, first place. Woo, woo. <laughs> that's so that's awesome. It just reminds me of like relapsing, you know. I don't know if you know my background, but I was uh, a like I was an alcoholic. You know, for many years and I would relapse, relapse and trying to get better and better and I was always getting uh, set back, but I always had the end goal in mind, you know, like you know, I want to be sober. That was like what I wanted. Just like you, That's what you wanted. You know what? I'm going to get better and better and I mean, only the third time shoot. That was quite quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
1: there wasn't that many in the third round. There was just a few of us, but still, I was like, "Oh, I, I was not expecting that by any means." So that was it, it. Boosted my confidence back up a little bit after I was just like, you know, annihilated out there in the first two rounds. Like, okay, there is all self confidence went out the window. But anyways, it was good.
0: Yeah. And don't you notice like we kind of build more confidence when we start accomplishing our goals. And then we're like, Oh, if I can do this and I can do another thing. And then I can do another thing. And it kind of stacks on each other. We can do everything.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I say self-confidence is like a muscle, you know, you have to use it. So you're, you're building a time under tension. So you put yourself under tension and things in life and, and you accomplish and you build and yeah, you're right. Then you just, that's, that's actually why it's in my therapy because so many other areas of my life were growing alongside changing my body cuz I never thought I could change my body like that and then I did and it was like wow like even when I was a gymnast and I was only 16 17 18 I couldn't do this and here I am 46 years old like four kids later stretch marks and all the things and and I still did it so I was like well, I just couldn't believe that that was possible and and you know seeing that obviously then it spills over into your business and your relationships and everything else like well if I can do this here I can do this in other areas.
0: Yeah. Once you're doing good, everybody around you is doing good then too. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone feels good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so what you are doing now is life coaching. And can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Life coaching has been, is my heart. Like it, it just has, I, as, as long, as far back as I can remember, I've always, you know, been that person to listen to people that are going through hard times and not really telling them what to do, but just asking questions to provoke them to think bigger and not to just think in this moment of, you know, poor me, life is over. Maybe it was a breakup. You can't get past it. You can't move on. You're never going to date again. All the things, you know, you're just like going, okay. And just helping people to think bigger than that. You know, you're created bigger and just know how to ask the right questions and for them to see, you know, they're created for more. And so I've just always done that my whole life and more so after my divorce and the last eight years, let's just say, so I divorced now eight years ago and I've had one relationship about three and a half years ago, it ended. And that was about a two-year relationship in this whole eight years. So let's say six years I've been single in the last three and a half years. I've really just had to dig deep and just unravel all the nonsense in my life that just kept showing itself up. So I was married twice. And then I had this relationship and I kept creating the same things in my relationships, you know, certain behaviors and and and, and just things that are just bad. You're just like, okay, I'm the common denominator of all of this. And it's real easy to become the victim and say, well, I attract all men who treat me like this or I attract all, you know, and you're just like, I'm never going to date again. Cause there's no good men out there and this isn't fair. And why do I always, you know, I'm a good person and I've never, you know, done bad things or cheated on anybody or anything like that. But why does that happen to me? And you know, you just get really upset and for a while I get so mad at God. I'm like, I don't understand this. Like, you know, I do everything you tell me to do and, and, you know, follow everything the best that I can. And I just keep getting all these horrible relationships and, I really had to just realize that I was a common denominator. So instead of focusing on the things that I went through with these relationships, I started focusing more on why did I allow it and why did I stay? And I've had so much healing and so many breakthroughs between my competitions. Every competition, I have a major breakthrough. And so the last eight years, I've pretty much been able to look back on my life and connect the dots and unravel and heal and unravel things and heal and and see how everything connected. And it started back when my dad died when I was 12 years old and I watched him. And so that's where everything started from. And, I, and so I do realize in coaching, sometimes if people just have that safe space that I do it through Zoom, so I coach people from all over and you're on, on the Zoom, and they have that safe hour of space to just talk and be heard and have somebody just listen. And then and then I ask questions as I feel propelled to ask a question. And sometimes I'll, I'll hear what you're not saying, and then I'll say, well, tell me more about this. I understand you're talking about everybody in your family, but your dad is there, you know, and, and so then you just start, you know, talking, and then they start talking, and then they start having breakthroughs. And I don't know. To me, it just, that's the most rewarding thing I've done it for years without even getting paid. I wasn't even life coach. You know, I just, I just really, really enjoyed it. And so now that I've taken this last eight years, not a lot of people will take eight years out of their life to pretty much be on their own. I'm still not, um, I just now started dating. I'm not dating anybody exclusively. I'm just now putting my feet out there to start dating because, um, it took me eight years to heal. It really took me eight years to work on me. And that's a long time. You know, I, I said, when I divorced, I had six months, six months, God, I'm married again. And that was my full intention. That was my goal. That's, you know, what I was, I was running for. And I had somebody pull me aside and say, you know, I really worry for you because you don't know yourself. You really haven't been fully unconditionally loved by any man. And I just worry that the first person that you think is so nice, you're just going to fall for. You don't even know yourself. And so I didn't like that. You know, you don't want to hear the truth sometimes, but I really had to think about that because I didn't know myself and my life coach would talk to me about self-love and in our sessions, I dismissed it. So I think I had like 12 sessions with her, eight, something like that. I I never, even though we talked about it, that was just a dismissal in my brain. Like, okay, I don't like the word. I don't like you talking about it. I feel like that's selfish. I just, just something about it didn't hit me right. And years later, I was like, okay, I'm still missing something. And this was after my breakup with that last person. And I was like, okay, maybe I don't know what self-love is. Maybe I'm thinking because I love so big there's something missing in my brain of understanding what this means. And so on my journey of the last three and a half years, I had an aha moment, not that long ago. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this feeling that I have right now of complete love, complete joy, complete peace, complete everything lacking, like not even desiring for anything. This is that love I've been looking for, for a man to give me my entire life. And I have it. And I don't have a man like what happened? Like, I'm like, is this what you mean whenever you say that I need to find self-love because it was such, had I not experienced it, I would have never even been able to understand, you know, what that meant. But all that time I've taken to take myself out on dates and, you know, if I'm feeling sad on a Valentine's day, I'm like, stop it. And I take myself out to dinner and I'll sit at the bar by myself, but you know i have to intentionally do those things to be like you know your worth and your value in realizing as a woman we're all queens and we have to understand how to walk in our queendomhood i say you know to if you want to attract a king you have to be a queen because kings look for queens and i hadn't taken any time to develop myself and who was i through all those years i was playing victim still like you know i this is just what i attract and I wanted to fix everybody. So I just wasn't putting any value on myself. I would just um, just take the crumbs, whatever would come my way. I would just be so happy to have somebody that wanted me that I would just, you know, and that's just probably the best way to say it. it wasn't, um, I wasn't a whole person. So I wasn't attracting what was for me because I was so broken that I was just attracting just, just anything. I wasn't, attracting what was genuinely for me. So on this journey, when I really love to talk to women who are going through breakups and divorce to help them recreate themselves, to transform themselves, I didn't change. I transformed, you know, so there's a huge difference. I can't go back to the person I was a year ago, three years ago, five years ago, because I keep completely transforming. And it's very empowering when you get there because there is no going back there. I mean, you couldn't pay me. There's no, I I don't even know how, if you told me I had to, I'm like, well, I don't really know how to go back to that because I don't even know the steps I would take to go back to that because I've grown and I've been so open-minded to, to really, you know, study, listen every day. I listen to when I work out, it's podcasts. it's um, things that I'm learning. So hours a day, every single day for eight years, I've been investing and learning and, and growing. And, you know, I feel like now it's my, it's my, what do you want to say? It's my passion. It's, it's what I'm meant to do now is to turn around and help people that are further behind from me. And, and help them pull them up, you know, like I'm helping them pull the mountain, but then I also have to turn and look to people that are ahead of me in life and keep, you know, like growing there. So it never stops. We never arrive. I just feel like where we're at in life, we're just, we're meant to be there to help others mm-hmm. as a stepping stone. And then I'm still looking up to keep growing. So <clears throat> I've talked to so many people and women, cause I'm 50, well, I'm now 52, but oh, um, happy talk, birthday! <laughs> I talked to so many women, even men my age group. And they say, well, we've, we've just, and I, I tell you this from like so many people, they say, we just kind of come to a place that this is what life is. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Like, I don't like, what do you mean by this as well? Well, it just is what it is. I mean, you know, we're kind of at an age, it's not going to change. We're just settled it is what it is. And when people say that, I just kind of cringe because I'm like, oh, okay, and, and and then they'll ask, but I'm, I'm saying it in a very kind way, but it's like, and I was there. I understand. All that means is they're just stuck in life where they're at. And so with a life coach, you can come in and you can help them un- get unstuck from that mindset because when you have still breath and you, you can, you're, you're still alive, there's still more for you to do in life. You don't ever just get somewhere that you're stuck. You know, it's it's about getting out of that comfort zone again and growing to the next level and finding new hobbies, maybe traveling, getting out of your comfort zone, getting out of your box, doing new things, meeting new friends. There's so many things, you know, that your life can just continue to grow and become better than you ever thought possible. But when you get in that mindset of this is just it, you tend to isolate yourself. You tend to not go around people anymore, you tend to just kind of stop you know, and when you do that, you just, I feel like that's when you start aging because then you're just kind of settling. You're not really doing anything. You you don't really, I'm like, no, 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 no. Like keep going, keep going. Cause um, that next level, there's more for you to be, there's more for you to do in life.
0: Yes. I love that. And thank you so much for sharing that. And I feel like we've been programmed at a young age to be a certain way, you know, to act, this way talk like this you know and just be somebody who we're not and I think as coaches like yourself help help people become their authentic self and that way they can just shine and just be who they are and like I, I think COVID actually although there was a bad part of COVID there was actually some benefit from COVID where I took I prefer, I'm talking about myself I took the time to learn and discover what I enjoy doing I didn't know I liked to cook i didn't know i like to practice eyeshadows (laughs) you know i was just doing a simple eyeliner i didn't know i I had these in me until i started just discovering and just like well why not i have the time (laughs) you know we were so conditioned to you know wake up go to work come back eat dinner to sleep, try to get a workout in sometime during the week. You know, maybe meet some friends <laughs> on the weekend. It was just all like, a, like, like a robotic lifestyle. And now I feel like everyone's like had some time for themselves and just like, you know what? No, right. I know I'm learning who I am and I don't want to be that person who I was before. I want to like learn all these different things, whether it be a new language, whether it be like arts and crafts, whatever. (laughs) People are like getting people are starting to come out of their shell, their shell and becoming themselves. Now, how important do you think it is for people to be their authentic self?
1: Oh my goodness, you're on my topic. My next book is on this. I'm writing it right now. Nice. It's it's on unleashing your inner superhero. And basically that's being your authentic self because we all have, you know, that inside of us. And for myself, when I started being my authentic self around like anybody I go on a date on with now, first date, on myself. Like I there is no I, I don't try to test the waters and kind of see what are they like, you know. I, I'm just me because i'm I'm gonna show up as me and if it's not a match, I'm good um any friendships I have now because I'm developing new friendships i'm I'm just myself, and by doing this, I'm attracting some of the most amazing people in my life that I ever thought possible because it's it's who's for me you know it, it's the right fit. I'm not trying to make you know someone like me i'm not I'm not trying to um be something I'm not. I'm just free to be me. And so yes, being your authentic self to me is everything because the relationship you have with yourself is the foundation for every other relationship you have in your life. And I, I, share about that a lot because, you know, if you build a house and the foundation's not, not built strong, it can last a little while, but over time it starts crumbling. So in life, when you keep having friendships and they keep falling apart and you have friendships and they keep falling apart. I have found that I have to go back and look at myself because that's been my life. I have friendships, they fall apart. I have friendships, they fall apart. And I ha- so I had to go back to my foundation is my relationship with myself and it's never been strong. So it doesn't last. And so now that my foundation with myself is strong, now all my other relationships are becoming stronger. Even my relationship with food has become stronger. And you would think, oh, you're a bodybuilder, that's easy. No, it's not. But even things like that, Um, are becoming stronger and not just people, because I have a strong foundation of who I am and my self-worth and my value and knowing that my health matters. And, and I see things from a different light whenever I'm coming from a stronger, solid foundation and working on different areas and different relationships. And I'm also working on my relationship with money and just so many other things outside of just friendships. And it's like, I didn't even realize all this existed.
0: Yes. Hey, if you've come a long way, if you've made it to like having a good relationship with money, because <laughs> I've always had the worst relationship with money. And now, I mean, it's gotten a lot better now because it was just going towards booze. <laughs> but I think people yeah. who have you've started building a good relationship with money, you've come a long way. <laughs> it's just an energy exchange. And yeah. Yes,
1: that's awesome. And you know, whenever there's, because I had a block on that, that was one of my last blocks was finances. And I had someone that, that I was, was coaching with and they were told me, they're like, you know, when you have a block in something, it's just a belief system. Mm-hmm. So what is your true belief system around that? Whether you don't believe you deserve it or you believe it's too hard to get, or you, you know, there there's, you have to dig deeper into the coaching to find out what that block is to, um, to unblock it. And I've been able to do that. I had a closed heart. And when I had a closed heart for relationships, for people, for men, for all the things it was closed in all areas, it was closed. For the right opportunities. It was closed for the right people to come into my life. It was closed for the right friendships. It was closed for money to come in. It was closed for everything because, well, you know, like I'm right now I'm I'm still a personal trainer because that's my main job. And then I have, you know, my coaching business as I, to me, it's a whole maximizing life is my business. So it's, it's all areas of life. So it all, it all goes together. But um, I had to really work through that and realize that I have to open my heart up because if I'm going to bring clients to me and finances, my heart has to be open. I have to feel like I'm approachable and I'm, you know, people want to be around me and I'm not closed off. So sometimes it can be something as simple as that is what's closing off your finances from coming in. And I never heard of any of that. But I will tell you, now that I have been able to work on getting my heart open and I'm just left and right opportunities and doors are opening and people and coachings and coming to me. It's just like, oh my goodness. And I'm working on my second book and on my, I'm speaking it out. That'll be done by the end of the year, by December. But that is the goal.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Because whatever we say, hey, yes. we're just announcing we're,
1: it. <laughs> announcing it is by December. So I'm like putting that in there. It's it's six months.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the book that you currently have out right now called Maximizing. Now I'm thinking of the Maxim magazine for some reason that's so what came into my head because <laughs> I know was yeah. had all these hot girls on there and there were some <laughs> bodybuilders there too. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about your book?
1: Yes. So in writing my book, Maximizing Life, um, this book is very dear to my heart and it's very simplistically written because when I was in a broken place, the last thing I would have done if you were to hand me a book and it's and it's too much, I, I just wouldn't have read it, Right. So I broke it down into the first four chapters are the steps that I took from going from self-doubt, panic attacks, surviving day by day, just to get through the day to living a life where I'm thriving, self-confidence, you know, walking in my purpose. So I had four steps that I did. So the book can be read in any order. So my goal is as people read these chapters they're on, they're on topic. So the first one is basically on, I had to let my baggage go. I had to, and I had to um, lighten my load and forgive because I had a vision and I spoke this vision out and it, and I, I think it came from God. It was just a vision. When I was driving. I had to stop and speak it out because it's like, it just said, Valerie, you, your airplane in life, basically, he was correlating my life as an airplane. And I've been on the ground in life. I've just been down here. You know, I want to go here, but I've been here. And it said, you're, you're, plane is so heavy with all your baggage of the past because you've been unwilling to let go of it you've been unwilling to forgive you've been unwilling you you've had anger you you have had things that you've had no um no closure on you've had you've had you know so many things that you've held on to and you've never let it go but one by one you've been working over the years and letting each bag go and now your plane is so light you're going to sort of places you never thought possible in life And I feel so much lighter now after I was able to forgive And the hardest thing I will tell you on my journey was to forgive myself. I was able to forgive all the other people. And then when I came back, I started realizing things that my kids had been through. It was very hard on me to forgive myself, but I I did work on that. And, And then I go into chapter two after I forgave myself. I'm like, okay, well now what? And I needed to learn what self-love was, even though I I had a hard time with that. And I needed to learn what it was, what it wasn't, and just um, really understanding that that was a key component, because if the relationship I have with myself needs to be the very best one, because it's the solid foundation, then I have to love myself. And when I started doing that, I realized I started having boundaries. I stopped like taking the crumbs on things. I stopped letting people talk to me in certain ways. And I I lost friendships, I lost things, but it's okay, because I found myself. And then I had to go after that, I was going, Okay, now what's next? I'm like, well, I still have this voice here. And that's telling me all the reasons why you know, you're not enough. And you don't have this degree and you don't have just the things that it will tell you. And so I We talk about limiting beliefs in that chapter, like what that means, what they are, what, you know, I make a whole list of them out for people to say, do any of these resonate with you? If they do circle them and so then really think on them and then we have to work on changing our, the way we speak. You know, so when the, when the, when the thing, so I had a limiting belief when I divorced just because the men I was, uh, was with that I was literally the ugliest person on the planet. I just was kind of told that in ways, well, I was told that in ways of my first husband. And it was just, it was just, it was ingrained in me for 20 some years. Mm. I was never enough. Even with the person I just dated, I was never enough. Like if you were shorter, if you had black hair, if you, this, if you like, I just was never, I never measured up. So I just took that as I'm just, I'm just not. So when I when I had to start my limiting beliefs, that was a very hard for me. I could not say I am beautiful. Those words could not roll off my tongue. Like I would say, I am be-, like I couldn't even get it out. It was the weirdest thing. And so I had to change that. So every morning I would wake up and say it as best I could. It took me four years, and it took me another three years to say it like I meant it. In four years, I could say I'm beautiful. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I was just trying to get it out. Right. Like it would all come out, but you're like, Hey, that doesn't sound very convincing, you know, but as I worked on my self-love journey and I worked on my limiting beliefs, then I'm able to say I'm beautiful. And I realized we're all beautiful. And who says who's beautiful? Why do we have this stigma of to say who's beautiful? Who's not beautiful. It's an inner thing. And in, in from, I have found from inside of my belief in myself, that's where I think when people stop me places like you're glowing, you're so beautiful, like. I, I say thank you now before I could, before I would say, Oh no, I'm not like, you know, before I would just like, I, cause I didn't know how, so now I know how to say thank you. And I realize it's, it's what's coming from my heart. It's what's coming from the inside of my heart. And then after that, one chapter four, I talk about, I was the queen of having walls up. I had been hurt so much over my lifetime and every time I would get hurt because I would get hurt because I was vulnerable and I'd put a wall up. I'm never doing that again, be vulnerable in a different way. I'd get hurt, put a wall up, never doing that again. And I just did this over the years. And I realized, wow, all those years, 45 years of walls up. I kept the bad out at the end, but I also kept all the good out. Nobody could get to me. So I couldn't even go to networking events and have women talk to me or whatever. I would sit in the back and nobody would ever talk to me. And and, and I just thought that was because they didn't like me and I wasn't pretty and I wasn't enough and all this self-talk in my head. And it was looking back, it's like, no, you were so closed off that they're probably scared to come say hi to you or talk to you. You know, you were you had walls up and you were just had that look on your face, like, don't talk to me. <laughs> and um, and I and I've realized that love and success come when we're vulnerable. There's no way to do it. If you're if you work in any job, I don't care if you work for yourself, you're gonna have to be vulnerable. You're gonna have to get out there. You're an entrepreneur, you're gonna have to pave the way. You know, if you're in corporate America, there's things you have to do that you're going to, have to be vulnerable and put yourself out there and lead you. If you want the love and success, the walls have to come down. And as scary as that is, I tell people, okay, bring them down to fences if you have to, where you can peek through, you know, baby steps, you know, but, but they have to come down because I've gotten to a place now that I've, I still do it. I'm not perfect by any means. You know, I still have my things, but I feel like I've come to a place I've really been able to keep my walls down, and I've realized, okay now my walls are down doesn't mean that I don't get hurt, doesn't mean that things people don't say things and things don't get hurtful to me, and that wall wouldn't normally want to go up, so I can kind of block it, but I have found that now that I have this self love and I love myself, that when things do come against me or anything does come my way that could be traumatic or anything, I'm able to handle it in such a stronger way, and I'm able to get over it like. Sometimes within 24 hours, depending what it is or before that, that could have taken me two months out of the game and I'm 24 hours. I always allow myself though, to vent over something that bothers me. And I tell my kids that too, because the old me would hold all my emotions in, and that's a whole nother podcast when you hold your emotions in the sickness, the <laughs> but so I do allow myself to work through the emotions, but you know, just going back, like you said, your authentic self, loving yourself. You know, one of the programs I wrote is called Who Am I? And I'll ask some people when they hear that, I have a program called that they're they're like, please don't ask me that because I don't think I can answer it. It's very sad because in the beginning, I couldn't either. Like if you were just to walk up and just out of the blue, say, Valerie, who are you? You know, we want to say things like, you know, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a life coach. You know, we don't, it's like, but if you were to take all your, your monetary things away, you, you know, you don't, it's just you standing there, like like to your core, you know, you know, I have to say, you know, I, I'm a warrior, you know, I am strong. I am, I'm an encourager. You know, these are the things that I am. I, you know, I am, you know, my beliefs is my belief is like so high in other people. My, what do you want to say? My positivity and that, like, these are my gifts and my talents that I'm to share with other people. And um, so you have to get really down to your core values and, and, and you know, who you are. And when you figure those core values out, like my number one core value when I did this core value test is authenticity. And it's very interesting that the men I would attract and was with, you could look at and you're like, okay, it, they didn't, they didn't know, you know, it wasn't authentic. So no wonder I had a hard time trying to connect there and never understanding it. You know, because it, it takes a lot of work to get to a place in life that you're able to be your authentic self. It's not good or bad. I, I Everybody in life, and I want to say this on a side note like anybody I've dated, I'm not talking bad about. Um, we're all on a different journey in life, and we're all in different places in our journey. And, you know, I just see such a big picture in people and I just want them to grow and be, but if they choose not to, and they're still maybe one day they will, but it just didn't happen when I was with them. Right. But Mm -hmm. I learned so much. And so I'll never, I will never, I will never say, Oh, I wish all this didn't happen because I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So, you know, I, I went through these things to get to where I'm at today. And I just realized we're all on different journeys. It doesn't make me better than them. It's just, I'm just on a different journey than they are.
0: Yes. And I feel like they're all like our spiritual teachers, good or bad, you know, whoever comes into our life, they're there for a reason. It's not just by coincidence. I don't really believe in coincidence or anything. It's just like, you know, things happen to us because they're supposed to happen to us. It's not happening to me. It's happening for me, you know.
1: (laughs) I believe that in my relationships for whatever reason, there was, you know, reasons of, of it was part of my journey.
0: Exactly. And then we learn from them. Trust me. (laughs) We don't look back into those relationships. Like, I don't want to be in that relationship anymore. Those types of people.
1: (laughs) We learn, yes, absolutely. I've learned so much. So
0: Yeah. So how can people then tap into their gifts to start learning how they can be find who they truly are? Like what are some ways?
1: You know, I for myself, I just had to start trying things. You know, like you said, you had some free time and you started with your makeup and you started you know, just trying different things, cooking and, and just because then you'll figure out if you like it or don't like it. Like I had to find, you know, kind of get on my path of what was my thing. And I thought, okay, running is, it doesn't really cost anything. I could do running. And I tried and I gave it a shot and it just wasn't my thing And you know, tennis and, and different things like that. But there's so many other things I still want to try, like, you know, but on my journey, like right now I figured, you know, my, what do you want to say? my working out and all that was definitely part of my gifts and talents that has led into my health and nutrition and coaching and just it all ties together with mental and physical and emotional the all the things with my maximizing life package but i think it just starts in baby steps just really getting back to you know someone's like what did you used to like to do when you were younger you know what and and I've had some people tell me, I used to do yoga all the time and I loved it so much. Well, why did you stop? I don't know. I think I need to, you know, get back into, you know, cause they, you know, so just little things like that, I think is just trying and not being afraid to try. I've tried a lot. I can't even think right now, but I, I'm one when we, I'm in this networking group. So we're always doing different activities and I'll try any of it one time because I, I, I'm at that place where you know, pole dancing or goat yoga, like all the things, you know, just try them and see, you know, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? I'll go country dancing, ballroom dancing. um, I've been skiing. I haven't tried snowboarding yet, but just trying all of, you know, just, just giving it a try and just seeing what you do like and, and not like, and and then being honest with yourself, because I know it's really easy to try things with friends and be like, oh, did you like that? Did you like that? Oh, Okay. You know, but, but but not comparing, you know, just getting, just being okay to say, well, I'm glad all of y'all like that, but I didn't like it. So I'm going to try this other thing. You know, it's getting to that point that you're able to just really be honest with yourself.
0: Yeah. And be okay to say that. Hey, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not for me <laughs> and maybe for you, but it's not for me.
1: And yeah, yeah. it's how we
0: say things too. And, you know, and our friends that we surround ourselves I'm sure you've gotten rid of some of the friends that were saying, oh, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Because some, some of them are just kind of haters, like the naysayers, like always trying to like, put you down if you're doing something awesome. Those people just need to go, right? <laughs> I just feel like surround yourself with people that you actually want to be like, <laughs> admire, you know, right. so where you can just help each other and find love in each other. And Have fun Mm -hmm. together. We're all here on life, on the planet Earth to experience as much as we can.
1: Thank you, just just... on life. It's like, why not just like every day I tell people, just create the best life today that you can. Like, I, I like to think about it like, just remember when you're back in... Second, third grade, and you had a field trip you're going on. You know, you're just thinking, what's tomorrow going to bring? You can't sleep. You're so excited. And and so I like kind of think like that anticipation each day. I get up and, and I'm like, okay, I'm excited for today. I can't wait to see whose path I cross and who I get to speak to and the opportunities and the doors that open and and you know just living life um, and out of that standpoint and you know where you focus is where you go. So I'm going to keep focusing on you know creating the best life that I can possibly create every single day
0: yes we're here to create so just yes. do as much as possible and then that's where our creativity comes out is by just trying at least just try something different once <laughs> every day do something new okay <laughs> it's gonna be the rule <laughs> that's your task today people <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> now um i wanted to talk a little bit about we, we kind of like talked a little bit about it about expressing expressing your emotions and then also versus like suppressing them how important it is to use your voice because What happens when we start suppressing our emotions?
1: So I lost my voice. And after going through all the things that I went through and, um, when, so let's just say, so when you suppress your emotions, I'll just tell tell you really quickly. So my dad passed away when I was 12 and I was up with him when it happened. He had leukemia. He was home from the hospital. My mom was tired. It was in the night. So I was up with him. He fell in the bathroom, bled out. I saw it ran to my room. My mom ran in there. She didn't know I saw it and life went on the next day, like nothing happened. So when you say how suppressing emotions, but back when I'm 12 years old, I was in sixth grade. I began having severe panic attacks. Didn't tell anybody. Cause I didn't know at the time that's what it was, um, outer body experiences, walking in the hall, like, oh my God, I'm dying. Like what is happening? My heart's racing. I'm sweating. I'm like, okay, I don't know what is going on. And it happened from sixth to 12th grade, like every day. And so because of that, I didn't have any friends because I'm not going to talk to people like I just feel like this weird, out of place, not sure person. So I became labeled quiet, quiet, shy, um, didn't really have any friends, wasn't in any of the cool groups, you know, never had a boyfriend in high school, never got asked to a school dance, um, held all of that emotion in. The first boy that liked me, he had already been in and out of jail multiple times. Uh, I got pregnant, got married you know, started a life with an abusive relationship that I should not have been in <clears throat> for 10 years. He did try at one point to kill me. That's how I got out of that relationship. Immediately six months later, met someone long distance, different state, married him, had a baby in and got pregnant in the first six months, was in that relationship where he was very overpowering over me. So I lost my voice. Nothing I said was right. Nothing I did was right. And so when you say how does that affect, so all the way back from 12 years old of holding in that emotion affected me until I was 44, 44, 45 years old, till I started working on it and really healing. And I did not heal from my dad's death till I was 50 years old. I went to his gravesite through a bodybuilding competition. I'd finished it and something kept telling me to go to his gravesite, go, and I would not go. I was just angry. I was angry that he left me and in all these things and me and my mom never talked about it afterwards. And at 50 years old, I went out there and I literally, the second my tire hit that grave site, I started crying. Like I've never cried in my life. I'm talking like, I don't even know how it's possible buckets. And I went out there and it was pouring down rain in Texas, storming. And, and I'm trying to find his, his tombstone. I couldn't find it. I had to call my mom, break my ego down. I didn't want to call her because I didn't want her to know I'm there. You know, i like, all the stuff she had to find out i there. Like, great. Um, but it was the most healing moment I've ever had. And, and then from that and writing my book, you know, I was able to share with my mom because at first she was really upset. She's like, it hurts me that you say, we didn't talk about your dad's death the next day. And I'm like, well, we didn't. Mm -hmm. My brother says the same thing. My mom did not know until I was 50 years old that I saw what my, what happened to my dad. She didn't know was in there. Oh, wow. She never knew fifty years she never knew from twelve years old to fifty. So thirty-eight years I was holding all that emotion. Wow. And then and then by holding that as emotion, I was attracting people that weren't for me. That then gave me more negative, toxic emotion in that abusive marriage for 10 years. And then I had all that emotion. Mm-hmm. And you know, and then you go into another marriage that you think and then you have all that emotion. And then you're like you feel like you're just gonna pop. Like you're just like I can't both the last year of my that marriage I had the most severest panic attacks of my life every single day. And again, I'd never worked. I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I have four kids. How am I going to leave? I mean, I, I don't. I've never worked. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying it's it's a lot. It's a lot when you start looking at paying rent and a car note and car insurance and in, um. But I, I got to the point that I'm like, I can't. I'm going to die. Like, I'm my I'm my my physical my health is getting so bad from all of this emotion that I don't know how to release. And it's, it's settling into, you know, into my health and I'm going to have, I have to do this. And it was a huge step of faith and it wasn't easy. It was, it was, it was very hard. And again, like I said, it's been eight years. It's taken me to heal. And I'm just now like this month, this month, like the end of May, I've been on two dates. Like I've just now healed enough to say, I know what I want in a relationship. I'm healthy. I'm whole, I'm ready to attract all the things that are for me. And um, you know, and and it hasn't been easy. And, you know, it it's but it's been a journey. And so when I speak and talk places, I just like to encourage other people where they're at that anything is possible. You know, you're you're not ever stuck in a way that you think is you may think you may think I thought I was. I mean, like, because if you look at on paper there's no way I should have been able to leave. There's no way I should have been able. I don't even know to this day how I've made it this far. I just know I just got out and I did and things just, you know, keep
0: falling getting better and better. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Every day is getting better and better.
1: Right. Right. And it's, yeah. it's finally to the point point like, okay, I know my purpose to be on this earth. I know my calling. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm just walking in it and I don't know every day. I'm like, okay, I don't know exactly how things are gonna work, but I do know if I'm doing all that I know to do. I do know, you know, doors keep opening and opportunity keeps happening and it's like, okay, I'm just following my heart and the path.
0: Yeah, you're you're going you're going through flow. (laughs) You're going through flow.
1: And trust me, you know that's not always easy when you're just like going, okay, we are trusting. We are just we're we're just slowing with this, and this is...
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's like every time there's always a challenge in my life. I'm like, well, all right, challenge accepted. Let's go. <laughs> you exactly. have to. You have to. You,
1: do, you do have to. And I've also I used to be very um, masculine in my energy. That has nothing to do with being male or female. But my energy was very get up at four thirty, drive, pound it into the ground till ten thirty at night. Go go go. Do do do. Knock doors down. And I've recently come into um, some teachings on feminine energy and how I, you know, need to be more of my feminine energy where I'm doing all the things I know I need to do every day. And then I'm sitting back and I'm attracting and I'm the right people, the right opportunity, the right things will come to me. I don't need to go be knocking people's door down. I don't need to be, you know, what I'm saying like <clears throat> making things happen because my past, I look back, I'm like, I was a wrecking ball. I made things happen. I was type A personality. I could make things happen, but they weren't the right things. You know, I was just making stuff happen. I could make relationships happen. I could make, you know, but then you look back and you're like, all that work I put in, it was so hard and so much work and so much effort. And then it just falls apart. And it's like, it wasn't the right thing. So I'm learning to adjust my energy in, in, also let emotions go and let myself cry. That's some emotions leaving the body. You know, people think that's a bad thing. There's moments when I have hard days. I love when I can cry. I feel so much better after I cry. I'm like, yes, thank you. I could cry.
0: I love actually just releasing any emotion. If I'm angry, I will go release that somewhere where there's nobody around. <laughs> <laughs> if I have to punch the pillow or whatever. But right, if, right. I, if I need a good cry, I will cry too. And it feels so good. And so whenever I tell my kids, if they're crying, like cry it out, (laughs) you know, let me love you. Let me, you know, you want me to give you some space. I always tell them, just cry it out. It's okay. Let it out. Right. You know, because I was always taught, Oh, don't cry. You don't, you're a cry, baby, you know, and then we suppress those emotions and then we attract that wrong energy. (laughs) And then we're in that cycle again.
1: (laughs) I think as women we're like, don't let anybody see you cry. Like, you know, hide it. And, you know, now when I talk to women, different places I go and speak, I mean, I nine times out of 10, they have tears in their eyes and, and I'm like, please cry. Like just, you, you're you safe to cry. And then, you know, they, they feel good. It's like, you know, I don't want to stop that emotion because it needs to come out.
0: Yeah. That's why we have them. Exactly. <laughs> that's why we have them. <laughs> but yeah, yes. Yeah, as if, as when we are, well, for myself, when I am angry, I am taking responsible for my actions. <laughs> Because I used to, seriously, I was very bad. I was very physically, I was the abuser to my guys because I was so angry because of what happened to me as a child with sexual trauma. And so I was angry all the time. And that's how I released my energy was just like drinking and then that, you know, like just throwing fits Uh, so bad that I, I went to jail for it. And, right. uh, and then people look at me like, there's no way that that's you. I said, trust me, you weren't there. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I am transformed now. You know, I had to do a lot of work. It's a lot of healing.
1: But and I, I tell people just on a side note, maybe you kind of, and, and trust me, I'm not a therapist. So this is, this is my own thoughts on this. And I, I feel like sometimes some really good people that do bad things and people are like, how did that happen? There's stuff like you're saying, you know, I think when you don't, handle your um, emotions and and it's year after year and you're building and building and building. It gets to a point there's nowhere else in your body to put it that that's when people go over the top and do things that are so out of character. And it's like, oh my gosh, that person's never even gone to jail or or anything. And look what they do something so horrible because they didn't know how or whatever to release all of that emotion inside of them. Because I think we can only handle so much of it before we are going to go off on somebody
0: yeah or our our bodies we get sick you know something will like shut us down somehow
1: important to invest in yourself and take some time whatever it is um you know find things that help you you know find some peace you know there's lots of different ways for that
0: yeah well thank you so much for sharing all this now where can our audience find you or follow you So
1: the easiest thing I have, everything is maximizing life, but my last name is spelled M-A-K-S-Y-M. So it's maximizinglife.com and my handles on Instagram and Facebook
0: are maximizing life. Awesome. Thank you so much. Is there anything else you'd like to share or give a special advice?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, anybody I talk to, I just say, when you can live your life, being your authentic self. I have found that every area of my life just starts getting better and better because it's like, that's that's life. You're living from life and life breathes life. And so just giving yourself permission to be your authentic self in all situations.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Valerie. Thank you. If you're loving what you're hearing, go ahead and check out the links in the show notes. And if you feel so aligned, go ahead and leave a five-star review. Also, if you want to join my newsletter, go ahead and text the word SHINE, that's S-H-I-N-E, at one 649 6196 Again, that's the word SHINE at one 649 6196 Love you!